Tip Manor. Hey up, and welcome to Tip Manor podcast. See that, lads? I tried to get in some northernness in my um in my intro. Nailed enjoy it. it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure it works with the southern accent though, does it? No. Hey up. Hey up, hey, Chuck. Hey up, love. Hey up. Um, we're doing an afternoon pod, which we've never. This is the the first time we've ever done it. So, um, John, how are you? And what did you have for lunch? <laughs> solid, solid uh, question. Uh, I had a it's leftover pizza, two slices. Oh, wow, that's disgraceful. Unbelievable. Okay, what type of pizza are we talking? This is what the listeners need. It was a uh, pepperoni and spicy beef. Just a meat, was it? a meat explosion type type of uh, yep. home brand. Goodfellas, Domino's. I, I don't think this is what people are tuning in for. It was just a, no, no, just an own, okay. an own brand. Fine, Connor, how are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'll answer your questions if you throw them at me. Uh, just give me a quick breakfast. Oh, just well, so the fans get to know you better. I, I went out for brunch today. This is a. Uh, I had a okay. I had a belated pancake day today with a friend from my office. So, uh, yeah, belated pancakes this morning. Decent. Nice. Decent. Nice. Okay. Right, it's the same three. Was it us three last pod? It was. Same again? It was, yeah. God. Twice in a row. Repetitive. Okay. Hopefully people can live with us again. Uh, right, this week we'll have a brief stint of news that to run through. We'll obviously talk about the South End game yesterday, which was... Squeaky bum time. <laughs> League One summary. We're gonna. There was a lot of interesting results actually, so we'll spend a bit of time on that. And then we've done some analysis to be able to kind of reflect on where we're at this season versus last season after 34 games. And also, we'll spend a bit of time talking about where we're at with 10 games to go and our kind of predictions. I think I was just chatting to John before we started the pod. We were saying, let's let's properly get our predictions in now. We don't need to kind of go through it every pod. But this is the time where we're going to look at the run-ins for us and then all the teams around us and then see where we think we're going to finish up. And then uh, we'll preview Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury, whichever way you're, whichever way you want to say it, right at the end. So let's move on to the news. John. So <laughs> every every time the the intro yeah. is just uh, it gets worse. Like, yeah, sorry, John. Worse, do do the news. <laughs> should we go? Should we wrap up Seaside Gate? If you can wrap up a, a gate. Yeah. Um. So we had KR's response after Tiger's statement, which, to be fair to him, he, he put it pretty firmly to bed and um, was quite keen to stress that it wouldn't drag on. Um, seemed, did the sort of usual statements about being flattered to be interested in, in Blackpool and, and clearly made reference to the fact he was aware of what was going on there, but it was very clear that he'd got a job to do at Oxford, mentioned the rebuilding. And also, I think it was before the South End game, he mentioned he's happy with the length of his current contract, so he's not seeking an extension or anything like that. So I think if it had stopped there with his his comments, not that he's saying he's not entitled to make the comments we're about to discuss. I don't think we'd be talking about this much more. It'd be a sort of a standard yeah. standard sort of um, bit of news, really. Um, but I think what 
what struck me and, and a few others was certainly the responses he talked about in terms of wanting um, assurances from the board. He was asked by, I think it was Nathan, part as part of the fans forum, do you know where we intend to be? This is paraphrasing where we intend to be in 12 to 18 months time. And it was quite reasonably sharp for him. No, not really. Yeah. And I think he made plenty of references to the progress has been made in the last 12 months. You know, we're no longer getting hit by a wind-up petition every four, every 10 minutes. Um, so it's all about building steps. But he was saying we have to see improvement year in, year out. And his sort of big thing was, one thing he, he would say to them is, we need to know where we're going to be next year. What are we going to try to achieve and the steps in that direction are going to look like? He also talked about wanting to see a structure around how we sell players, which I thought was quite revealing. Um mm-hmm. So there was a lot of kind of, these are my messages to the board. And last week we talked a lot about this. We won't won't dwell on it, but I felt that it seemed to be quite a healthy relationship between KR on the board, but a bit of healthy tension. But these comments seem to sort of expose actually a degree of uncertainty. Um, So what what did you guys think to it all? Well, I I guess we talked about this quite a lot last week. I think it's fair to say that KR and the board need to address this and they need to come out with kind of a joint statement of what our ambitions are as a club. And I kind of talked in previous pods around, you know, where the money goes when we make, you know, when we sell Fosu and Baptiste, how's the money being used? And KR's come out publicly and said, could he have some kind of assurances around how much money could be reinvested in the playing, the playing staff when we end up selling players? But then, you know, if the board's got different ideas on that or they need to address debts or they want to put money aside to invest in a stadium project, that's also fair enough. But it's like the fan base and KR need some form of clarity on this going forward. And the summer is going to be the key point with this, isn't it? KR, if KR doesn't get some of those assurances and some of this isn't cleared up, you kind of think, you know, that that might be a time where he's kind of really reviewing his position. Yeah, I think KR's got good stock at the moment to be able to make this kind of pressure and push. I'm guessing a lot of football clubs, it would be a tough, You get there's your budget, get on with it. And you wouldn't be able to get that sort of combined working, which I think is healthy that we're, we're trying to push to be in that, that place. But Connor, did you sort of, did it cause you any particular sort of concern or is it just sort of all just build up to the to the summer and piling pressure on that really? Yeah, I think I agree with what uh, James just said about the the summer being quite a, a key point, perhaps in this relationship between KR and the board. Um, although I do I do think that this sort these sort of conversations are quite inevitable at, at many football clubs. It's not just like a you know an Oxford United special uh, where these discussions go yeah. on behind the scenes, where there is always a sense of sort of tension or a little bit of anger. Anger. I can't say the word. I was going to say. No, I'll give up with that word. Ambiguity. That's the word. That's it. Thanks, James. (laughs) Saved me. Um, Between managers and uh, and boards, I just think the end of the season in terms of where we finish, whether that's uh, promotion or not, I think will play a big role in it uh, in terms of what funds become available for playing squad, etc. because clearly, you know, if you get promoted, more money comes in the bank and then there's decisions to be made where that money is distributed to. If we don't go up, then 
you know, that money doesn't necessarily come in. Obviously, you earn money from where you're placed in the league, um, but there'll be a su- substantial difference between promotion and staying in League One. So I think the summer is really the key point. When we realise where we're going to be playing our football next season, uh, I think that will dictate the relationship going forward. I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if we don't get promoted, that KR gets headhunted, to be honest. By um, by who though? Do you reckon? I know. Because I know. We, we talked That's we talked about this before because I think if you're a championship club, he's yeah. too high. He's too high risk. I think the, it depends like, on what on what you know what level of championship club we're talking about. Yeah. And what occurs obviously elsewhere. I mean, obviously with, it's the same with with player transfers. Someone has to to leave somewhere for someone to be able to, to come in or have you know have the door open for someone else. So all these things are very much if buts and maybes. But I feel like if the relationship is a little bit rocky between the board and KR at the end of the season and an opportunity arises for him to move somewhere else, then you know that, that might be a chance for him. Um, but it's all speculation. And I think at the moment, very much the attention is put on the next 10 games of the season. Yeah. I, think that, I, I think this kind of little, this little stint of board interaction um, and, and perhaps troubles, I'm putting that in, He's got two years now. left on his deal, which I think is yeah is quite a important thing as well. Is it sort of really particularly worth agitating? I agree with James. It's it's hard to get a steer on um what stock KR has in in the footballing world in terms of do people see him as a decent League One? Which if he gets some investment, he can get a team up, which he's done in the past. And then the Championship, I think he's got yeah. a sort of a solid re- record, but n- not sort of groundbreaking. So he's probably in the space where he's flitting between the two. So whether he's sort of appealing that much is is sort of hard to, I think, to work I out. I think beyond that, though, some of the some of the other things he's been doing this season has probably raised his profile a little bit in terms yeah. of his the way he's been dealing with the media and particularly around his work on mental health and that sort of thing and what he brings behind the scenes to football clubs. I think that's also mm-hmm. something that yeah that, 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 that might is... attract some football clubs. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to create an advert for him because I don't want him to leave. <laughs> um, but you know, I just think it, the relationship between the board is also something that's really important, and it's something that, let's be brutally honest, us three and any other Oxygenide fans don't actually know what goes on. So it is all speculation, regardless of what comes out of these you know, the podcast and discussions. We don't actually know the relationship on a day to day basis. Yes, we do. We absolutely. I wish, we, I wish we did. I think if, I think it's pretty obvious that we don't have. Yeah, we're not too in the know. I did, the only no. thing on all of that I'll say is it like you look at clubs like Brentford, Bournemouth, and Brighton and whatever clubs that have kind of been or have grown from a similar position to what we're in now. And I, I guess that's you kind of hope that you we can be one of those clubs that can be sustainable yet successful, attract more fans from around the county, and you know, the whole thing grows as one. I think that's that's got to be the overall ambition and I just hope that's where, you know, it's it's very optimistic that, you know, I'm, I'm in terms of those clubs, but I, I still think it's um it's a possibility. And yeah, I, the, the only other thing I'll say though on KR is that his media output when kind of the shizzle hits the fan, as they say, I'm trying to be good with language this week. Um, he, when things aren't going our way, he has dug people out in an yeah. interesting ways in the past and it has turned on him and he's reacted, you could argue, in a immature way at times. But what you can't argue about is his determination, his drive, his kind of 
support of the playing staff um those documentaries really surface stuff to us as fans that i don't think we'd seen you know like the bt sport documentary yeah, and all that stuff. Mic'd up. so yeah yeah it's yeah, yeah it's an interesting one but I, I think a lot of championship clubs and a lot of boards a lot of people that think i have to i would have to work with that guy wouldn't be able to give kr the control that i think kr would want um and it would be an interesting dynamic and i think a lot that would put a lot of people off which is why i'm not overly worried about it yeah nicely yeah, uh, point. nicely surmised uh we move on to pre-season which has been announced as southern spain which i'm sure everyone is pleased they're not going to ireland again <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm gutted i really want oh, to be yeah. in ireland. It'll be a short I'm, short trip for me i hadn't thought about that but um less uh less glamorous um i was personally gutted we're not going to um columbus crew for pre-season just to um oh yeah just to troll <laughs> cadden for the rest of the time but I think that'll be a, a decent little trip for people. And I'm sure people will get excited about that. Just whilst go you mentioned fight, that, has anyone... the ultras. Yeah. <laughs> has anyone seen the little clip of Columbus Crew with one yeah. of their cheesy, very, very American kind of show reels where they're, they're all kind of in this horrible dark setting and they're all shouting aggressively at the camera. Then it eventually gets to Cad and he just smiles awkwardly like he's just been told off. It's fantastic. Especially <laughs> doesn't work. Because it's one of those things where if you watch it on your phone and your phone doesn't autoplay the sound, it just looks like <laughs> a load of blokes being like overly like aggressive to yeah. to nothing. And then Cadden looks like he's walked in front of the camera and some, someone's gone to him, be really excited. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, this is great. <laughs> and you're like, is it, on, oh. is it on their Twitter account? Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, it will be. Uh, search the hashtag on Twitter and I'm sure you'll, I'm have to you'll find it. Um, I'm going for a search. One, one, <laughs> one for search. one for a laugh. Anyway, um, final bit of squad news. Um, been a bit of focus on Liam Kelly this week. How he's had a, a sort of a special fitness plan put in place. And KR made a comment that was really interesting. How he'd love to have him. How he said to Liam Kelly that he'd love to have him here next season, and let's try and get him into a space where we can get a bit of um, the sort of the real Liam Kelly out and. I don't know how realistic it is to sign Kelly. It would have to be a loan. I'm surely his wages are enormous if he's on a three-year deal with with Feyenoord. Feyenoord yeah. But I mean, it was interesting to see. Again, it's an ambition thing. Kelly's, I'm sure, is a decent player. He's just not quite fit, as I think we saw in the Burton game and, and other games. But interesting to see it. It's um, already sort of looking ahead to to where we can be. And we've talked about Brannigan in the last pod. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's it for news this week. Right, squeaky bum time. Can I can I just add that I've just watched that Columbus Crew video. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely worth a little watch if anyone uh, listens yeah. to this and is on Twitter on their phone at the same time. Definitely worth a little giggle. <laughs> yeah, poor, poor so man. awkward, so awkward. <laughs> it is very upsetting. Anyway, uh, South End at home. I'm trying to think what our predictions were. I think I said 3-0. Connor went up oh, to 5-0. Five, 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 yeah. And John, I don't remember what me, yours was. Me and Ben went 3-1. Ben went for a Sol Campbell sending off or a booking oh, yeah. as well. So <laughs> technically, I'm claiming it as being closest. But well, I don't think any of us envisaged it being as close as it was. As it yeah. was. No. And it was ext- I, I was lucky, actually, because I... I paid for the iFollow thing, went out, and then paused the footage, assuming that when I got back, I could just press play and I could watch the full game and try and keep away from the result. And 
none of those things really happened. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of found out what the score was. Um, but what was great for that is that I it wasn't as stressful as it should have been. And I know you two watched it live, so I can imagine you guys had a lot mm. of stress it, and a lot of frustration. It was definitely the most tense I've felt watching the games probably for the last three or four. But we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, I think Ipswich was worse. Really? Yeah. I suppose then yeah. we're holding a lead. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Similar things. Anyway, um, Southend brought nearly 500 fans. Fair play to them. I thought that was brilliant. Mm. Um, crowd of just under 7,500. Hopefully we can get more than that as we're going into the latter stages of the season. Um, Southend's form, as we know, they'd won three games in 33. Won one at home all season in 16 games. Won two away in 17. Um clean sheets they've had two out of 33 matches so you know you would have you'd always hope that we'd be getting a goal and the the last five games before playing us they'd lost all of them to Blackpool Peterborough Coventry Gillingham they had a good as as John I think was it John that you previewed it last week yeah or was it Ben yeah it was you but yeah they had a decent performance against Burton Albion in the last game out scoring two but losing ultimately three two so you know, there was a couple of kind of danger signs that they can still um, put on a decent performance. If we'd won the game, which we ended up doing, we you know we were looking for a fourth straight win, um, and obviously we got it. But the last time we did that was that kind of weird phase last season when we played kind of beat Bradford and Coventry in that game where we definitely didn't really deserve to win. Who who scored in that game? It was one 0 wasn't it? Nelson was Nelson here still here? Nelson feels like he left ten years ago now, doesn't he? Anyway, I don't know if you guys remember that. Um, Wickham was the other game, and then Warsaw as well. But the Warsaw one was the it was a memorable one, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> especially for you, John. That was a great game. Yeah, Jerome Sinclair. Um, what could have been? Yeah, there's such a good video of that Warsaw um, game that the third Jerome Sinclair goal from a Warsaw fans perspective in the stands opposite the Oxford fans. If, any, if no one's ever seen that, go and watch it. It's great. You can see Kashi flailing his shirt and <laughs> launching onto the pitch from the right hand side oh dear. anyway uh, Josh Ruffles who started every league game this season I stole this from the Oxford Mail but uh, the 265 Oxford appearances for him and, and yesterday he overtook Ryan Clark in the all time performance list and if he stays fit this season it looks like he'll overtake uh, Bino and Ken Skeen and I feel bad here but Ken Skeen John who's Ken Skeen this is setting us up for abuse, isn't it? I was going to say, goal, he's a goalkeeper, but I might just be completely... No, he's a striker, so I just made that up. Uh, Connor, what's your favourite thing about Ken Skeen? <laughs> Why are we doing this to ourselves? <laughs> His surname has the word Keen in it. There's people on the um, listening going, you young... Yeah. Young guns. In, insert word. Anyway, uh, two changes um, from the Aki game in terms of the lineup. Surprise! I think it was a bit of a surprise, but Anthony Ford came back in for Long. Um, KR did talk about this in the build-up. He said people may think it's harsh on Sam Long. I thought it was magnificent on Tuesday, but I also thought Fordy was superb in the games before that. Um, yeah, what did you think about that, John? Well, I sort of was kind of okay with it because it felt like a game where we probably just needed a bit of quality just to break them down. But it was notable that Ford took all set pieces until midway through the yeah. second half and then Henry took over and I think part of the reason was because to be honest Ford's set pieces weren't great 
most of the day, but the wind really wasn't helping him at all. There was a comedy moment in like the second or third yeah. minute where he was taking a corner and the ball just constantly kept rolling off the spot to the point <laughs> to the point where you get so awkward you're almost willing the ball to stay still, even yeah. because you want it to get on. So I think it may be the set pieces is why four gets ahead of long for selection, which is I'm kind of all right with. Yeah, and then Sykes for Fawn, Connor. Although you gave Fawn a lot of praise from his performance midweek, yeah. I think you were happy with this. Yeah, happy to see Sykesy back. Um, I think, it again, Thorne had a good game. He had a really good, strong 60 minutes. But I don't really think this game against a team like Southend was a, a team where you needed to deploy a, a defensive midfield player like Thorne and have Goran yeah. as well on the same team. So I think it was one of those sort of tactical um, decisions for, for the player and his technical abilities. So obviously Sykesy is more of an attacking player and against a team the concede goals like Savend do, it kind of makes for a natural choice. So I imagine that was probably the, the rationale behind it. Yeah. No place for Holland on the bench, but he, he's in back in contention now, um, according to KR for next week. So nothing serious in terms of his hamstring injury. Strong bench again. Long, Hanson, Kelly, Fawn, Aji and Mackie. So looking good. Game started off then and John kind of... What was, the, what was the early stages of the match like? It looked like the, the conditions were definitely playing playing a big role. Yeah, definitely. And we were pressing them pretty well, but not much really happening. They, they were panicking, but they weren't overplaying like they did when we faced them earlier. And, and to be fair, they looked actually quite a reasonable team and you wouldn't have necessarily said straight away, oh, they're bottom of the league. Um, but it yeah. was... It was really easy for Gorin just to take the ball off the centre-backs. Centre-backs were stepping out, but we weren't playing very quickly. So I don't think we were, we weren't really troubling them at all. But I think they were playing they were playing fine, quite neat and tidy, really. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't really then, exploit any of the wide areas at all early on either. We kind of tried to play down the middle quite a lot, which yeah. uh, I know the, the commentators picked up on that as well, which um, obviously kind of isolated Henry and, and Brown had to come and get the ball instead of instead of having it played to him. Um, so it wasn't a fantastic start to the game, to be brutally honest. But it didn't take us too long to <laughs> well, go ahead. And, and we've talked a bit about Ford's um, set pieces and you know, the conditions playing playing a fact, well being a factor in terms of him not being too productive in this game. But it was his cross that the keeper ended up spilling, and then it was as if he'd been paid off to give away a penalty in the uh, way he kind of dragged back. <laughs> what was he doing? I don't know. But it was great. I, re- I young, really enjoyed it. The young lads, the young lads, clearly had a rush of blood there, because it's it's a really strange like penalty to give away. If when you watch it, like you know, Taylor's got his back to goal, like he's going away from the goal, and he's yeah. grabbing his shirt trying to pull him back. Like what? Just really strange decision. I can imagine. Wow, I think if that was a more experienced goalkeeper, that wouldn't have happened. I think that's probably down to his inexperience, and I imagine that. He probably got a slight bollocking off someone for that decision. Yeah, maybe Sol gave him a little slap at half maybe, time for that. Maybe, Who knows? Yeah, maybe your maybe your kids screaming at him as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get with an afternoon pod. You get screaming yeah. children in the background. Screaming children. Um, one nil. James Henry, cool as he likes, sends the keeper the wrong way. No problem. He he's got a cool head on you. And then Matty Taylor's thinking, God, I need to make sure I get a goal. Later I was. I was literally thinking that when I saw Henry take the penalty, I was like, "Bet Taylor's fuming." <laughs> um, that was James Henry's 40th goal for Oxford. I think we we said on the last pod he couldn't be too far away from 50, and he, and he's and he's not. 
that's a that's a great return from midfield. What's his contract status? Has he got two more another year? Two more years? He yeah. only just signed. Yeah, he signed the new did one, didn't he? Yeah, so, right, so we don't need to worry. That's fine. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not going yeah. anywhere. Let's be happy. Yeah. I love James um, Henry. In terms of like the... Henry. James Henry, yeah. yeah. In terms of the rest of the first half then, um, yeah, wind blowing massively towards the kind of Jim Smith stand. South End actually seemed to see plenty of the ball early on when I watched it back. Um, and... I read, I kind of went back through the tweets of the Oxford Mail the day, I think it's Dave Pritchard, I think, from the Oxford Mail kind of writes up and he was kind of talking about how our tempo really wasn't on it. And I could see that as I was kind of flicking through the footage. It just seemed like we were struggling to keep possession. And similar to Accrington, it was a relatively even game. But... We were playing, well, that's two words out of my mouth. We were playing very like against Accrington where we weren't necessarily playing on the counter, but a lot of times we were breaking out and Marcus Brown was doing some ridiculous bits of skill that you'd want to watch all, <laughs> all day. Um, kind of at times seeming to want to just to absolutely destroy the defender more than actually put an end product in. But it was, you know, great fun fun to watch. But we were never sort of really moving up the pitch in a solid sort of progression. It was always just kind of like, oh, we've got the ball right, try and do it. And it broke down all the time. And it was just a lot of that play really but we weren't inviting south end on we were just sort of realizing that we could probably try and carve through them by by breaking but it, it wasn't wasn't happening the pitch was getting worse and worse as well yeah i do think the pitch played quite a strong part in this game and i'm not i'm definitely not excusing the relatively poor performance to be fair um i think that the pitch like you say john it, it slowed things down so much anytime that we tried to play it sort of zipped passes it, the pitch was just slowing everything up and that that definitely plays against us because we are a team that likes to, to zip a football around and it's particularly with players like brown who actually want to get on the ball and try and influence the game running with the ball at your feet on on a pitch like that is it's, it's not going to help like you know it's, it's going to slow things down naturally and turn the game into a more slow paced and methodical type game which didn't really work in our favour, I don't think. Yeah, I did see actually in in the in the footage a couple of those Marcus Brown kind of nutmeg incident. He did another one where he did a ball roll, then megged someone, yeah. then then got then quick feet bouncing from his right to left to get past another player. But yeah, you're right; it just ended up going out for a throw in. But I mean, it's it was, thing it, it was like, funny I, to watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love I love Marcus Brown. I love watching him play. I got to say, there are times when I do get a little bit pissed off with him. When oh sorry language, um, I do get a little bit annoyed with him that he, he should just release the ball a bit quicker sometimes. I think yeah, um, yeah. Like I think when you're winning one nil, it's only one nil. Do you know what I mean? Like if we're winning two or three, then bring the showboats out and start and start megging people like he. Well, I mean let's be honest with you, he's he's got a knack, hasn't he? Because he's been doing it a lot the last couple yeah, of weeks. It's not it's not it's, luck. It, yeah. It's not luck. It's definitely not. He he's he's very well versed in the uh the Meg nutting. Um so I think I think it just gets a little bit frustrating at times to watch him when he probably should just play the simple ball. I'm not I'm not always advocating for, for simple football because I love watching him. But when you're only winning one nil and it's not exactly a spectacle of a game, you just think, right, grab another one and then start bringing out the showboats. Yeah. Maybe I sound anyway, really old saying that, but you, know. you sound incredibly old and boring. Yeah, I probably do. I'll just leave the <laughs> pod now. <laughs> I did. I did realise that uh, Southend 
Sorry, I, I kind of suggested we went in 1-0 up, but we didn't, did we? Yeah, as I, I said, we didn't. Just realized, I thought, scored, I thought right. you said that. I wasn't sure if you yeah. said it or not. I definitely yeah. said that and then forgot they scored just before half-time. For some reason, when I was watching it back, I thought they scored just after, but it was just before. So bad timing from us, but they seemed to be in acres of space. Ford was kind of really caught out of position. I know a few people have already kind of pointed that out with various screenshots of where he was stood. So an easy kind of through ball on the left meant that they had a loads of time to pick out a decent cross. Dicky, uh, I think it was Dicky and another player both kind of went in to try and block the cross. Dicky nearly scored an own goal. Eastwood kept that out and then there was a just a tap in, but we couldn't really begrudge them, could we, John? No. That it, was our, we've already kind of said, I guess. It, it, probably from about 40-odd minutes, they had a, a strong spell and they were actually sort of stepping it up and looking quite useful. They had an offside goal disallowed around the 40th minute when yeah. we serves. And then that goal... I mean, they weren't. Southend never sort of sort of sustained pressure on us in terms of attacking, but they had that spell, and we just weren't dealing with things. And I think it was safe to say they were either going to have a lot of chances or or, or put one in, and, and sadly they did. Yeah. So going in at half time, one all. Second half starts. Gorin um, picks up his just standard booking as he does. It was a great was... tackle, as usual, from Gorin. Yeah, I'm, really, I'm going, I think there's a vendetta against him, or just, yeah. Game, yeah. game's gone mad, or whatever. But, yeah, also, it did just, also, it just looked like a strong tackle, didn't it? Yeah, it was it great. Was just, yeah. I strongly agree with what Rosie was saying, though, that it is getting to the point now where it's just, it's just ridiculous. Like, some of the tackles that are actually going in are very, very good challenges. But, referees are just pulling it up because it's just a slightly, you know, slightly aggressive uh, entry into the tackle or, you know, you've gone a little bit harder in certain areas of the, of the in certain areas of the pitch and it's just getting a bit ridiculous. It's like the same thing when um yeah. Was it was it Aji, I think of the goalkeeper clashed in the second half? Yeah, and, I mean, that one was fairly and, standard. I mean, the I mean, that's standard because it's because it's goalkeeper, yeah, because it's goalkeeper protection. It's not as bad, but I it's starting to it's starting to wind me up a bit as well. It's just it's just pathetic. Some of the just calm down. It's going to be all right. I know, but it's just annoying, isn't it? You watch the game and you're like, come on, let's have a bit of physicality about it, and everything's just blown up straight away, <laughs> like foul. Maybe you need to say, change the subject of um, what you're doing now to referees being better or something like that. Nah, I'm right, right. Okay. Nah. I still hear my child absolutely belting it in the back. Bless, bless him. <laughs> bless annoyed, him. As annoyed as we are about that Gorin tackle. Yeah, know, yeah. He's just, he's just like this. <laughs> How dare you book Alex Gorin? <laughs> um, Brannigan dropped into Gorin's role. Henry uh, came into kind of central midfield, and then Aji went wide, wide. I was going to say wide, wide. Jonathan Ross style, wide right. Um, how did all of that kind of work out? I saw um, in the message thread that. People were saying, Adam Slade was saying, there was definitely the Aji effect. As soon as he came on, like we were more lively. He's an exciting player. He was at the game, at the, I think, Adam. Um, but yeah. And then Andrew, this was fantastic, said the opposition seem, seemed more agitated when he came on. I think we all enjoyed that. I've got to clap that. Yeah, <laughs> agitated. It's good. Com- but how, yeah, how, how did you feel he did, Connor, when he came on? Actually, was all right. Yeah, it was all right. I don't think he was anything to write home about. Personally. No, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. He, he had a few sort of nice moments, but it, it, I didn't. So I didn't think we suddenly sort of there like, was a complete catalyst to suddenly sweep forward. It was 
more of the yeah. same, really, after that. Final balls wasn't there, and South End were winning a lot of second balls as, as well, and it was getting quite frustrating. And I felt significantly more tense around that that point. And that's not to say he, he did well, but he sort of it was the right time to bring him on because you had to change it up. Had to change it up. Yeah, I saw you. You mentioned um, they were kind of putting us under the pressure. I, I did ask the question, and again, when I was watching it back, I was trying to work out whether there was any re- any real period of the game where we were under threat of actually losing and yeah there was a period wasn't there where they seemed to get a couple of corners um header tips over the bar that type of thing it was he, it was really squeaky bum time eastwood made some yeah eastwood made some some quality saves but they were sort of like isolated they they weren't sort of like after a continual period of them just putting us under the under the cosh um but he does get a lot of credit out of this out of this game yeah. de- definitely but i think I think Dickie as well deserves a bit of credit for this game. I thought Dickie played well. He always plays well. I know he does, yeah. but you know, you've still got to highlight <laughs> it. It's like yeah. I'm glad I'm glad that John picked up on Eastwood because I thought Simon had a had a good game. He had a, he had a good game yesterday. Put some really important saves. We've given him a bit of praise actually last week, but he really is now consistently putting in those performances and making those kind of crucial saves where an error anywhere around there and we're you know we're potentially losing that game or we're we're not getting a win so it's making a massive difference i saw eastwood himself actually tweeted something about his performance which is good um i did notice yeah referring back again i started watching the live feed after deciding midway through the game that i just couldn't handle not knowing what was going on and you could tell that um, Dave Pritchard was getting frustrated because he was saying that we were being so careless on the ball and it's nothing to do with the wind. And I started to be like, oh my God, we're not going to, this really isn't going to turn into a win. But when we need that, we need someone. It needs to be a local boy. Uh, well, the, the main thing just... about this goal, and I know a lot of people have called out already, Marcus Bro. Marcus Brown. Marcus Broll? <laughs> really can't talk new, today. New Swedish Sorry. winger. <laughs> Marcus Broll. Mar- <laughs> Sorry, I, I missed up my word earlier. Don't worry. Thank one. Anyway, Marcus Brown. He, he starts in a left-back position, picks up the ball in midfield, runs from deep, is going for that I'm just going to try and score here type approach where he's just marauding across the pitch. His shot is blocked. He goes down. And rather than in recent weeks, I think, you know, you may have seen him just kind of moaning a little bit or just been like, ah, oh, screw it, I'm knackered. I'll, I'll let someone else cover me. But no, he gets back on his feet. He chases back, ends up in the right back position, literally on the touchline, um, wins the ball back, plays a nice little pass. And it ends up being him who's swinging the crossing. Matty Taylor, fantastic touch and um, beautiful finish with his with his left foot. But John, the role of Marcus Brown can't be can't go unnoted can it in that goal no it doesn't happen without him it's as simple as that and I don't know whether they collectively are all thinking we just we need to win this game it's massively important and that that sort of drove the the thing but Taylor's finish I mean even when the ball was going in it didn't look like Taylor was going to produce something like that it was absolute predatory strike really really good so fantastic we win 2-1 2-1 another three points and it's a cliche Connor isn't it but if you win when you're not playing well it's it's the sign it's of, a, of a good sign of a good team yeah 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 definitely I was I was so happy when uh when Taylor stuck that in the back of the net I mean what a goal that was I mean it, it sent it sent my uh sent me into absolute bedlam um <laughs> and uh 
thankfully I had a couple of pints yesterday night to celebrate that. So that was quite nice. It was just, it just, yeah, a really, really important win, considering that we didn't play particularly well against a team that you'd expect us to roll over, who did put yeah. up a good fight, and actually they do deserve a bit of credit because yeah, they absolutely. have a really young, they have a, they have a really young team on the pitch. They're getting battered every week. They're, you know, if it wasn't for uh, Bolton's point deduction, they'd be bottom of the league. And they came away from home against a team that's pushing for the playoffs and for and for promotion, and they put a performance like that. They must go home feeling. You know, pretty hard done by, to be honest. Um, but nonetheless, it goes back to what you just said. Yeah, Sol was actually Sol was pretty reasonable in his um, post-match kind of comments. He kind of praised us a little bit in terms of knowing that we're a really good passing side. But then he did, yeah, he called out the fact there were twelve players in their squad who were under twenty, and yeah. the fact that you know they're really fit and they worked hard and they caused us problems, and we just couldn't really break them down and. Fair um, enough. Yeah, fair they enough. They deserve to, credit for it. They yeah. I, th- I think I think they played well. I'm just happy that we came away with the three points in the end because I think if we wouldn't have come away with three points, we'd we'd be looking back on that result as as two Absolutely. massive points dropped. I think it means yeah. we can drop points in other places now and not feel definitely not feel that this game was sort of a a, a bad time to have, to have done that. I think it frees us up to do that in the next ten games, which we'll obviously and talk apart- about. Apart from Ipswich, those four wins, I think three of them, obviously, we were we kind of expected to win, but it, it doesn't really work like that, does it? And all of them became must-win matches. Every single one of them was a must-win match. And for the for the team to be able to, however many, how many games did we play in February? Nine or something? Nine, yeah. For us to come away with 16 points from those nine games and win the last four, yeah. um, uh, you know, the team now gets a well-earned rest and they're going to be absolutely buzzing and full of confidence. And I think, as we've said in previous pods, this is the time to pick up that momentum now, isn't it? Especially when we when we get onto some of the results around League One yeah. from yesterday. I was just going to say, KR talked about the dry pitch, which you guys mentioned, talked about the conditions again. It doesn't feel like we haven't played in a bloody hurricane or a tornado throughout February as well, which is another thing. Sure. Um mentioned how we probably played two or three more games than South End and you know the physical side and us being tired absolutely comes into play and fatigue to, to come to come back to the pitch I think um, and the weather is getting generally better anyway as we move into spring but if it the pitch stays like that for the rest of the season it, it's going to cause us problems because we can't really play how we want to um, completely on it. It was notable that when we were trying to break, sort of in the 70th, 80th minute, the ball was just sort of bobbling along and you knew it wasn't the players passing it slowly, it was the pitch causing challenges. So if, if the pitch doesn't improve uh, a reasonable bit, it could actually be quite a, a big factor, potentially. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, hopefully, I think he mentioned, KR, that there's now obviously a week for yeah, to recover. And you, you assume when you get into March, there's a few sunnier days yeah yeah so sh- should be all right john get your fork out and get down there stop moaning about <laughs> fork it. off and get down there <laughs> <laughs> um anyway kr talks about how holland and woodburn should be back in the squad for next week and he also talks about obviously liam kelly as we took referenced earlier um getting back to being at full fitness and george fawn getting fitter and fitter after every session um, obviously reference the nice break we get now the players are getting two days off Sunday and Monday before coming back in and um, yeah 
happy with that. John, you mentioned in the notes that KR and Sol had an altercation or something with uh, a fan after well, that. What was that about? I think I need to caveat this with alleged because I didn't 100% grasp it, but it sounded KR was talking about how Sol Campbell had had an altercation with a fan as he was coming maybe off the pitch down the tunnel. Um, something like jumped into the fans or, or something, but it doesn't oh, wow. really seem to have been picked up on. So maybe I'm exaggerating. No, it does. It was referenced. I, I've just been listening to the Radio Oxford like post match, you know, like that hour post match. And he was taught, I thought it was KR that just jumped in and started. No, KR was just sort of saying, you know, and his soul's kind of gone in. I mean, it seems the greatest mind can also get physical as well. So. Mm. Let's get physical. Not that sort of physical, but no. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Robert. Was it Robert Herbert on Twitter who predicted the correct scoreline when we asked yeah. about it? He did. Two well, one. He was the only. He was the only person who did it. So fair play to him. You win a date with Connor in Northern Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sod it. Why not? Okay, fantastic. Right, let's talk about what happened across League One. <laughs> Right, so we've kind of talked about it, but interesting results. And I was absolutely buzzing when I saw the state of the games yesterday. So Ipswich lost in the... I was just thinking about Ipswich's fans and the reaction. And I, I went on to their Twitter feed and just saw Lambert just getting absolutely torn apart by their fan base. But Blackpool scored a 93rd minute, 93rd minute winning, winner to win 2-1 after Freddie Sears had uh, equalised for Ipswich. But... That's an interesting one. Um, what else happened? Peterborough were held one all uh, by uh, Burton Albion. That, that Burton is going to be. I know they're not far behind us, but that's not anyone playing them yeah, on the, the running is not going to have an easy ride, are they? Look, jumping jumping ahead, but even a quick skim of most of the other teams we are above us have got to play Burton in some form, yeah. so that they could be really decisive and again makes our draw with them um, seem that bit bit better. That's it. Also, Burton were fe- quite unlucky not to win that game because I watched the highlights earlier. Burton played really well. That yeah, they're well. a decent, they're yeah. a decent side. They I, I'm, decent I'm not. Side. Gonna, they're going to take points off um, some of the teams that are currently in the top six yeah. going into the last stages. Um, Wickham lost three-one to to Donny. Obviously, Donny are kind of up and down in terms of patchy form, but they can pull a good performance together, as we have felt. Um, Gillingham lost 2-1 at home to AFC Wimbledon that was a bit of a surprise result but I think we felt Gillingham would drop away slightly but again they're not an easy team to play against well, we, we need teams um, to start being having nothing to play for that we're yeah. that we're play, well, well actually we're not playing Gillingham are we actually bad example but we need some of them like your Bristol Rovers is a good example just to sort of season to be over as soon as possible that's it yeah and then um Probably one of the yeah one of the more surprising results. Rotherham um, drew one all at home to Milton Keynes, and MK have been doing really well at home, but haven't picked up too many points away. So that must have been a big performance from them. But Rotherham seem to be struggling to kind of get over the line with uh, with games at the moment. They you know they only just beat Accrington the previous week in like the last minute. Yeah. They they drew two all at home with Wimbledon, didn't yeah. they? And they've, they've drawn know, three times yeah. in the last six. There you go. Yeah. Um, well, the so second now as well. 
after the Coventry yeah. result. Oh yeah, of course. I was yeah. meant to update all the table and stuff after that. I forgot to do it. Bloody hell! Well, the, did you watch that game? Didn't watch it, but they. I mean, they've got a game in hand on Rotherham, and they're two points clear, five points clear of Portsmouth, Coventry. So Rotherham easily dragged back into it. Coventry just steamrolled, but heard a bit of it on the radio, and the pundits were very impressed with Coventry. So yeah, they seem to be locking it in. For those listening, we're talking about Coventry v Sunderland, which was played today, which is Sunday. Coventry a really good first half, and then second half was a little bit of a non-event. I thought it was it, no, I didn't think that any real quality of football was played. Sunderland had the most offside goal I'd ever seen that they were kind of moaning about at the end of the game, but Coventry definitely deserved deserved the win. Um, so the the table, as you just said. John, Coventry will have gone back to the top, Rotherham dropping down. Um, Sunderland will have remained on 58 points, um, just one point ahead of us now playing the same amount of games. It is an absolute um, cluster feck fork. of a table. Cluster fork. Cluster, <laughs> cluster <laughs> fork. Cluster fork. Yeah. Um, but we're what so hang on they will have got i really wish i updated this properly but they'll be on 64 so they'll be what seven points there's seven we're seven points off the top yeah um coventry still having an extra game in hand on us but again rotherham are now on not such great run so we're still only four points um uh, sorry five points off them and yeah two points between um, Portsmouth in third and us in sixth that is insane we'll do some um, analysis based on this season versus last season in the second um, upcoming fixtures of interest which I thought is worth touching on Ipswich are playing Fleetwood I think that's on Tuesday yeah. isn't it Tuesday yeah. Yeah. That is a, that's a huge one yeah. um, Fleetwood be it their game on Saturday was postponed again away at Tranmere waterlogged pitch and stuff so They've got a couple of games in hand as well. Fleetwood are also playing Blackpool at home, and that's kind of a local derby. You never kind of know what happens, but you probably expect Fleetwood to get over the line. Jerry Barton's it's... been given a two-game touchline ban, so he'll be off. He won't be on the sidelines for that Ipswich game. Abusive, oh, la- what a shame. abusive language. Can you believe it? I gonna say, no. I was going to say, don't don't ask me why I think of Jerry Barton, because we might have to cancel the podcast with the amount of expletives that I'll use. Right, well, we won't ask them. To be fair, abusive <laughs> language is quite... Um, that's quite mundane for Joey, isn't it? He's usually yeah, lamping opposition managers. People. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, Ipswich playing Coventry uh, next... When is that? It's next Saturday on 7th of March. That's a, that's obviously a huge one as well. Um, you've got to assume Ipswich will pick up some points at some point. Um, they're not on a good run at the moment. Uh, Peterborough playing Portsmouth as well. Uh, that's next Saturday as well. Um, and then Pompey are playing Fleetwood uh, in the Tuesday, the following Tuesday, which obviously we'll probably be talking about that that's in the next a, pod. But That's another big game, especially with, with Portsmouth being at home because their home record is yeah. fantastic. So that, that's a, that's a, there's, there's some big games there, big games. It could probably really shake up what, what we're looking at at the moment. Yeah. We're going to go into a little bit more depth on that now. I'm going to put an interlude in, chaps, because this is some true reflection time. I want you to take four seconds to think about that. So I thought it was worth, let's let's be really positive and let's look at where we are now after 34 games from where we were last season after 34 games. 
Um, and then we'll obviously look at the run-in in terms of what we've got left to do this season and what we need to get. But this time last year, we just beaten Blackpool. We'll all remember this, but we just beaten Blackpool 1-0 away, which was our first win of the season, first yeah, away win of the was, season, yeah. wasn't it? And I it mean, was like Jordan Graham free kick. Yeah, I... I uh... You know, like on, on Google Photos, where it gives you kind of what, what happened a year ago or two years ago, whatever. I was on my phone the other day and, and I saw a, a little a little notification of, of this game on my phone where I got a little video of us screaming our heads off at the end of the game, <laughs> saying that we obviously won our first away game of the season. Yeah, so I remember that one. remember that one like it was yesterday. And we climbed out of the relegation zone after that win. The game before that was that Accrington 4-2 defeat that obviously we went to, Connor. Um, yeah, uh, so yeah, we went. Yeah, yeah that's not. That's, that's not. <laughs> but we had um, 36 points from 34 games last season compared to 57 points at the same stage this year. 41 goals scored and 52 um, conceded last season at this point in time. Goal difference of minus 11. So that's 41 scored, 52 conceded. Compared to 58 scored, which is plus 17 this year, and 35 conceded, which is minus 17 this year. So fifth, plus 34 better goal difference, magic number 17. I found that interesting. Like that's yeah. such a huge swing, isn't it? It's nuts. It's, it's brilliant when you when you look at those stats. I think it's 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 really important that we we do generally reflect on how how much we've improved in the last year, um, and also the magic number 17 relates to James Henry. <laughs> of so, course of course it does got to mention the messiah and John eight more wins for us at this stage versus last season it, like, it, it's just chalk and cheese isn't it it takes you back to how dark things were around last season and we're probably at the height of the sort of KR debates around that time or, or maybe win the weeks before that and you wouldn't even think about having that sort of discussion now would you no, exactly. And whilst I was looking at last year versus this year, uh, I, I pulled both of the tables up and just because I was curious as to see like what the kind of the top six looked like versus what it looks like this year. But last season at this stage, there were 17 points between Luton, who were kind of running away with it, obviously, in, in first, and Doncaster in sixth. So that's 17 points between them. Whereas this year, there are... What do we say it was now between... I know this has changed slightly, but before, so commentary and now seven, on, I think it was. Commentary now on 64. Yeah, so seven points versus 17. So, and also if you kind of consider that Rotherham have dropped down um, the place between the autos and, and sixth place. Is that a nice dog? I was say, we've got children. We've my, my <laughs> we got, we got, we got, we got children and our dogos. Oh, Connor, what are you going to bring? <laughs> and, I don't know. I'm, I live quite a boring life. I don't have kids or dogs. You, oh, there's more. You know, there's got to be something. Just go and flush a toilet. We need a sound. Yeah, yeah. Just something different. There you go. That's my, my drink spot. Strong. Okay, I like that. That was all right. <laughs> um, are you getting robbed or something, John? It's got, well, I, can't, I, can't go, I can't go and check because I'm recording, aren't you? Take priorities. <laughs> right, I have to turn my, turn my levels down. It's fine. I can do that later on Absolute, in the edit. Absolute quality content here. <laughs> anyway, yeah, there's just basically the main point we're making there is the cluster of teams between um, first and sixth is just nothing yeah it's just it's just crazy in terms of points everyone's so close together um 
And as we said, only two points separating third to sixth, whereas last year there was 11 at this stage between Sunderland, who were in third with 65 points, and Doncaster, who were in sixth with 54. So again, it's going to mean that this run-in is going to be extremely interesting. And the amount of points you'll need to get into the autos is going to be significantly less this year than it was last season as well, which is an important thing to note. Um, But yeah, another bit of analysis we did, looking at, right, we've got 10 games to go. Can we do it? Last five seasons, the points needed to make the playoffs were 72 on average, which would mean that we need five wins from the remaining 10 to take us to that, even at 44 games. So 72 average is obviously based on the 46-game season, but obviously the Berry situation has played out. Five five wins from 10, John, seems reasonable, doesn't it? I think it's going to be more than that, though, that's what's needed. Yeah, I mean, I've jumped, Mel, jumping ahead. I've, I've gone, tentatively gone at six wins out of the last 10. But I think, yeah, I, th- I think five might might be a bit too um, sort of uh, low low target, really. Well, it is def- but, definitely a low target out of ten games. Yeah, but stats don't lie. It's it's weird. It's a weird thing. The highest needed to get sixth in a forty six game season in the last five years was seventy four, mm. and the minimum was sixty nine. And again, forty six game season. Like I can't emphasize that enough. It's going to be. Surely getting into the low 70s, you, you're kind of guaranteeing a spot. But Connor, I don't, what do you reckon we're going to need? I think I think it will be five minimum, perhaps perhaps six to, to kind of secure it. I, I just think there are so many other teams around us that are in the same sort of position um, that if we do slip up more than five times over the next 10 games, then that's kind of us done. Um Although having said that, like we're going to go on to in a moment, the teams that we have left to play versus some of the other teams above us kind of leans yeah. in our favour a little bit. Particularly if we get points against some of the bigger teams that we do have to play left. You know, if we if we can pick up a point against teams like Wickham and Portsmouth around us and Fleetwood and yeah. Fleetwood, then they're huge. And obviously you pick them, you know, you turn them into three and that's absolutely ginormous in terms of the battling against them for the, for, for spots. So I, I do think a lot of it comes down to those big games. But again, it's just it's just one of those things where we, we're going to have to perform at a certain level every game now for the rest of the season to make sure that we are in and around it. And I think, you know, players will know that. And I, I think KR will certainly draw that into them. That it, this, this, this is our chance now. We st- we're still in and around it because of the way we played the last four games getting four wins it's it's helped a lot yeah it's certainly in their hands looking at the auto places i was looking at what the teams got when they finished in second place 96 was the highest 89 well <laughs> 90 points was average <laughs> it's your dog called red isn't it john john he's a swindon fan he's muted himself it's fine oh he's gone, gone. No dog, no dog. <laughs> just, just but, sorry, I wasn't being wasn't being broken into. Your dog's called Red, isn't it, John? Yeah, no. but no, that's not nothing to do with Swindon. We, I was we didn't a, name him uh, Red. Oh, we adopted sorry. him without name. So, <laughs> did someone from Swindon let him go? No. Anyway, anyway, 
Um, yeah, 96 was the highest in second place. 90 points was roughly average to make second. There's no way that's going to be the case this year. Um, again, playing less games. 85 minimum um, as well. But again, this is going to be a strange season um, for us, I think. 10 games remaining then. So looking at our running, and we've got to put our predictions on the table here, lads. And we're not going to do this every week. So our tough games, as I've called out, we've got 10 left. Um, five of which look challenging. So, well, more challenging. I think they're all challenging, but five of them stand out. Wickham at home, Pompey at home, Coventry away, and Fleetwood at home. And that's four, and I can't count. But they're the ones that I've... Um, <laughs> they're the ones that i pulled out, and we've got five of our games are at home, five are away. Tramier and Bolton are the last two games that we've got, and they're very, very winnable games, aren't they? So I'm going to say we need six... I think we'll need five wins so long as we don't lose to the other teams. You know, we don't lose to Pompey and we don't lose to Fleetwood. Yeah. If we do lose those games, I think we need six and I think we need to win all the games that look a bit more winnable. Yeah, I think one of the one of the main things to take away from just looking at the fixture list in itself is the the big games against Portsmouth um, and Fleetwood, for example, are, are home games. And that's that's massive, I think. For us, you know, we do have a decent home record this season, um, yeah. and they are obviously two huge games. So I do think that will play in play in our favour, especially with um, where they're coming in the season. Particularly the Fleetwood game is obviously a bit closer towards the end. You know, the Kassam, if we're still in and around it, will be packed for those games if we're yeah. pushing for it. And I think that that, so, that will play a key part. So what what do you reckon again, Connor? What's your what's your? I think I think I think a minimum of minimum of five wins. I think. I'm sticking. I'm, st- I'm kind of going with the baseline, like you've said. Just, the, I think a minimum of five wins, particularly if we pick up, pick up three points against Portsmouth, that would be huge. Um, and, uh, and Wickham actually, but but again, I th- yeah, I think five's minimum. minimum. John, we were saying before the pod that like games like MK Dons at home, it's got banana skin written all over it, isn't it? Yeah, I'm very nervous about that one. I think I'll put it down as a, a draw on my predictions. I think. I think the Rochdale and the Bristol Rovers um, games will be quite defining, actually, because in theory, Bristol Rovers will be sort of out of it, nothing to play for. I know they're a bogey team, but they, they might not have much to play for there. Rochdale will still be in a relegation battle, but we'll have to come and have a go. So that could play into our hands. Tranmere, you think second to last game, they're going to be out of it by then yeah. one hopes and then you've got Bolton who alright no pressure on them they could just play and have fun and we'll be nervous if we need something but in theory there's four games there that I think are you know reasonable reasonable bankers um, but I could see us I think it's I don't think we'll do very well against the teams um, in and around us but I think we'll get I think we'll get six wins and get 77 points nice I like the specific the specificness. I think Shrewsbury next week is actually on paper one of the more horrible fixtures, isn't it? Like they don't score a lot of goals, but they're pretty solid as well. Like I'm just hoping that that isn't one of those games where we just get turned over one nil or something. I'm just scared. The whole thing's terrifying, isn't it? It's, it's really stressful. Just it's, need to it, all cuddle. It's oh. one of the. It's one of those things that you. Obviously, we'd love to be top of the league and running away with it, but it makes it exciting. It still makes it exciting. Yeah. Every game now, 
will be heart and mouth. Going up by yeah. the playoffs is what you always want, isn't it? Well, it's not yes. what I want because I'm. If it's not what I want, I'm going to be, I'm going to be in Barcelona for the for the uh, playoff final day, if we if we get there. What? Yeah, sack yeah. that right off. Yeah, I know. I haven't booked my flights yeah. yet, so I might. If we do get there, I probably won't go. I probably would go to the playoffs instead, but it'll be leaving it late for the reason why I've got to go. It wouldn't go down very well. Part of my job. To um, go, so. I could just pull a sickie and then and then proper pop up in Wembley. Well, it's it's good that that's not captured on any kind of audio file that gets broadcast across the internet. That's it? that's true. Um, <laughs> just just quickly because we just touched over the hour. I thought we might might be able to get it in, but um, and we've still got a preview as well, haven't we? <laughs> that's never happened. Yeah, never happened. Um, just quickly, Sunderland, just going through the teams around us and what their their running looks like. Sunderland have got four of their remaining games at home. Games against Gillingham at home, Peterborough at home, Burton away and Rotherham away were the ones that stood out for them. I think they had the kind of the easiest run in, but then along alongside Peterborough as well, who have six games at home. They still have to play Pompey at home, Coventry away and Sunderland away. Um, Coventry, five left at home, Ipswich away, Wickham at home, Peterborough at home, Gillingham away, then obviously us. I thought, at home. I thought Coventry's looked one of the hardest, but sadly for yeah. us, that's not really that that great. <laughs> no, no, I thought the same thing. Rotherham had Fleetwood or have Fleetwood away, Gillingham at home, Wickham away, Pompey at home, and Sunderland at home. Like that's that's not an easy run for them either. Um, and then Wickham and Pompey left, so Wickham had or have Burton away, Oxford at home, Coventry away, Rotherham at home. And then Pompey, who are still in two cup competitions because they've got to play Arsenal at home in the FA Cup. And then they've got uh, the Checker Dog surprise final against Salford. Do you know Salford have been allocated 3,000 yeah. tickets for that? I see that. <laughs> Jesus, that's going to look great. Um, <laughs> fair play. Fair play to them, I suppose. Uh, Peterborough away. Uh, so this is Pompey. Peterborough away, Fleetwood at home, Ipswich away, us away. Rotherham away and Burton away. Like Pompey have got their yeah, that is a that is a tough run. But Jack made the point of saying that Portsmouth have not dropped any points at home since they played us in early November when Matty Taylor got that ninety odd minute equaliser. That is a scary fact, and let's hope that that breaks sometime soon. Um, and then the final one is Fleetwood. They play two games less than us and still only two points behind. So. And one of those is against Tranmere, one of those games in hand. They've got five home games uh, remaining. Uh, Ipswich away, Pompey away, Gillingham away, Rotherham at home, MK Dons away and us away. But I know it's difficult to probably compute this as you're in your car going, God, I can't keep up with what he's saying. But if you listen back or pause it and listen or go and take a look at it, it is is interesting. I think we've actually got a decent run comparatively. I think we are in we've got the better run. I know that we've made the point recently as well on this, but I think there's three or four teams in there that have got considerably harder fixtures. And uh, I really do think we've got a shot. I still think we've got a shot at autos, to be honest. I might be in the minority there and people probably go, shut up. But we, I still believe. We've got more capacity in our running to um, slip up and have good opportunities to, to get it back. We'd, yeah. It may not feel like we have to go in and 
get something from Fleetwood and Portsmouth, and that might mean we can just set up ourselves set ourselves up differently as well. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's an interesting point actually. When you look at you might look at the teams we've got to play and and how that will affect um, team selection, and obviously with um, injuries or suspensions that might occur in the next ten games as well. So you know, managing that is something that obviously that's KR's job to manage. Um, but I think that's that will play an important factor actually. Do you know what I'll do is I'll put this in a uh, a spreadsheet or something and then tweet it out so people can just look at it and that'll be an easier view <laughs> of the running. So hopefully people will appreciate that if you, we do that. You've committed to that now, James. I know, yeah. It's not like it's on an audio file. Like, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's uh, preview Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury, then we're done. Do I not get a special like introduction? Oh, sorry, I just forgot who it was. Connor. There you go. It's me. Yeah. So, for the first time in a few weeks, then we don't have a Tuesday game. Can I get a a yay? Woo! I mean, I love football, so not really. I I like it when we're always playing. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Same, but at least it gives the players a bit of a a bit of a break, doesn't it? Um, After a very tough, tough fixture uh, fixture list in, in February. Uh, but our next game is is on Saturday at the Montgomery Waters Meadow, which is an absolutely wow. woeful name for a stadium, um, and that's to face Shrewsbury Town. Um, so, looking at their recent forms <laughs> in the in the last six games, they've they've lost three, one, two, drawn one, and they sit fourteenth in the in the form table. Um, overall, so far this season, they've played thirty three, won ten, drawn eleven, and lost twelve, um, which sees them. 15th overall in, in League One. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, they've picked up a pretty decent win over Doncaster, uh, uh, 1-0. And also yesterday, they beat Bristol Rovers 1-0 away from home. Um, and I did watch the, the replay, all the highlights of that game on, on Quest this afternoon. And they look they look pretty decent, actually. Um, they, they certainly dominated the game. And, and Rovers didn't really have much, much to, to offer. Um, but having said this, though, uh, they, last week they did fall 3-2 against um, Tranmere. Obviously, they're a struggling, struggling side. So, you know, it kind of shows that Shrewsbury um, are certainly vulnerable. Um, and, and, you know, we've probably got a good chance on Saturday. Um, Shrewsbury's manager, Sam Ricketts, who obviously is well-known amongst our fan base as he started his career with us, um, he, he'll obviously be hoping that they can go one better than the, the, the nil-nil draw that we had at the Kassam that was played out in December. Um, I think I remember previewing that game, actually. Back in, yeah. back in December, because I, I remember talking about Sam Ricketts. Um, in terms of their style of play then, and some players to note, uh, Ricketts set Shrewsbury up in a 4-3-3 yesterday against against Rovers, and it was the first time that he'd named a front three this season of uh, Daniel Ado, Callum Lang and Jason Cummings, uh, which are arguably their, their, sort of, their main three attacking uh, players that they have, and this was the first time Cup- he named them Cummings- Cummings is the one that scored in the FA Cup, isn't he? Yeah. Against Liverpool yeah. twice. Yeah. He That's looked it. all right. But yeah. Ricketts singled out um, Udo, Daniel Udo, you pronounce yeah. it, as yeah. being quite having a really good game against Doncaster. I think it was. And Cummings is the one we were always, we've been linked with before. Um, yeah. yeah. Seems to be a bit of a dick in um, real life. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play, John. Just, yeah. For now, um, what, what, what do you mean, like when he's at Tesco's? No, he puts out loads. He puts out like 
I don't know whether it was um it might have been a parody account to be fair, but it was just loads of stupid stuff on on Twitter around the Liverpool game he was doing. I think he's a bit of a uh, a wind up merchant type. Uh, <laughs> bit of a chat with Um yeah, so Shrewsbury normally play um a four two three one system uh, that they've kind of switched switched to after they played various uh, forms of three at the back in earlier parts of the season. And obviously then they're kind of this evolving tactically uh, and there might be a little bit more of an unpredictable sort of threat going into the game where uh, you know, KR might not actually be able to kind of predict what they're going to put out. Um, on that note of being a threat though, and as we've mentioned, obviously Jason Cummings, who a fair few of us are familiar with the name, he's supposed to be top goal scorer this season with seven. That's in that's in the league, so that's not bad. Although... It's not great. That's, it's not great. I was going to say it's not bad, but it's not Matty Taylor. Um well, so if they're 29 be... goals, that's a significant percentage. Yeah, I was just about to say, yeah, they haven't scored many. I was going to say that, yeah. Yeah, so their home record is slightly better than their away record this season, but it's it's really nothing to write home about, so I wouldn't really you know, bank on that as being a deciding factor on Saturday. Although, um, having looked into their, their goal scoring, um, obviously they've only scored 29 goals, as, as John Stead said, but John Stead. John Stead. <laughs> John Stead. Shout out to John Stead. Um, but Lace most of their goals have come in. Just down the road from us. Does he? All oh, right. Yeah. Shout out John Stead. Um, as John said, rather, um, the 29 goals they've scored, uh, 63% of those goals, so so way, you know, way over half of them have come in the second half. And I did break this down a little bit further than what I looked at earlier. And it's they scored quite a few goals late on in the last sort of 10 minutes. So that's something to to perhaps worry about if we are uh, haven't got our foot over the line. Uh, like we just just on that. Southend. Go on. We scored. Did you see I put a little picture in? I saw it on the Coventry Sunderland um, footage. They put a table up to say that Sunderland had scored the second most goals in the first half this season. But who was number one? It was us. So we'd scored. And the reason I'm saying this is because I think we've scored 29 goals just in the first half. This season of games, Decent. yeah, and, and Shrewsbury's Shrewsbury's scored twenty-nine scored 20 goals in total. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they've also scored ten goals from set plays out of that twenty-nine goals. So, like you know, a third of their goals have come from from set plays. So that's quite interesting. Um, anyway, enough about Shrewsbury. What do we think in terms of predictions? I'm going to go with a three-one away win, and I'm going with a rather ambitious goal-scoring trio. Of uh, Taylor, Adji, and Sykes. John, I remember being nervous about Shrewsbury earlier in the season because even in their squad, as you've mentioned already, they've got some decent players. All of their defence is pretty good. Their their starting team, and we've got that Sean Whaley on the winger who's also pretty decent. But I just don't. Yeah. I think we'll. I think I'm going to go for a two nil win. Despite them having lots of good players on play, they clearly play in a way that's not particularly um, offensive, and I think that suits us. I think if we have to come onto them a bit more, so yeah, I'll go yeah. for a two-nil win. Yeah, nice. I I hope it's like last season when wasn't this the Gavin White hat trick game where we were down yeah. to ten men? And it was. It was. Yeah, I'd take that again if that was all right. But what I'd rather happen is uh, us win. I actually think I'm going to go for a nil-nil. <laughs> You're going to go with a nil-nil? I, I think this is going to be an oh awful game. Oh, my God. I, I, I reckon we'll draw nil-nil. But you'd hope with a full week of recovery 
we're taking the game to them. They have they're not going to go down, are they? And they're no. not going to get in the playoffs. Like they've already got nothing to play for. But I just worry that that's going to mean that. I just think we haven't been winning the midfield battles in recent weeks, really, and we're edging across the line. And maybe that was fatigue, but I would. I don't want to say I'd take it. I don't think we no. should take it, but I don't think a draw be, is going to be a horrendous thing in this. I wouldn't be taking a, a, a nil nil. I'd be disappointed, personally. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to be delighted with it. I'm just giving you a prediction. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little bit upset because when I said nil nil a few weeks ago, you screamed your head off at me. So, James, do it properly. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sticking with a nil nil. Uh, okay. And I'm going to make a really... point after it finishes. I was going to say, I really hope that we batter them like 5-0 now and I could just call you out for, for being very pessimistic. I would be delighted if that happened and you called yeah, me true, out. Yeah, true, take, I'll true. I'll take that. So would That's I. fine. All right, fair play then. There you have okay. it. 2-0, 3-1 nice and 0-0. Yeah, we need to keep remembering what we're actually predicting. Um, I forgot, by the way, when we did the kind of run-in um, feature to kind of shout out other some, some of our followers on Twitter's kind of views on it, but... Uh, Andrew was saying on Twitter that he's got us down for four wins, three draws and three, three defeats, which would see us into the playoffs. And he was just saying if those three three defeats come to our playoff rivals, um, then we might be in a bit of trouble. Pompey and Fleetwood home games will be huge. But, and he calls out that our head-to-head against them is pretty dire, which it, which it is, isn't it? Fleetwood, notably so. I can't stand them. Um, it's going to be awful if Fleet would go up. It really is. It's going to really hurt me that they do not deserve to be. <laughs> I really don't think they should be there. Um, other people are saying that we'll just make the playoffs. Someone's saying win five, draw three is realistic. That's that's a fair shout. Low 70s looks about right, MBS says. I wonder what that stands for. Um, <laughs> it said so so many are involved that it will take. we'll all take points off each other. I still think that's a thing. I think we'll see some interesting results when the big hitters come up against each other. Um, fantastic, fantastic Mr. Rock, Mr. Rock saying that we'll finish ninth and then coming back after we kind of said, come on, to say actually we'll finish 10th. Brilliant. Um, and then, yeah, six wins, two draws and two losses from Wayne, Wayne Hawkins. And um, yeah, Hamish also said the autos will be lower, as we were saying earlier, um, but playoffs shouldn't be much different to previous seasons. Um and he does. He's right to kind of call out the the gulf between the top half of the table. That break is starting to get bigger and bigger, isn't it? Yeah. Between like the top eight or nine and um, the teams below, like the teams right at the bottom of the league, are really, really not not pulling their weight this year. There's some shocking sides. But um, anyway, I just hope this is a nice, enjoyable period for us as Oxford United fans. It's not stressful whatsoever. Um, I'm very excited. We booked our trains, haven't we, to Tranmere? So I'm excited for that. And Rochdale. And, um, and Rochdale, yeah. So that's our next game. I think I'm going to try and get down to one of the home games um, in March. So maybe the Pompey one. We'll have to see. But anyway, right. I think we'll be back again next uh, Sunday post Shrewsbury. Uh, obviously, no need for midweek pods um, whilst we haven't got midweek games. So there you go. But thank you, Connor. Thank you very much. One Thank and all. Thank you, John. I, I remember <laughs> being really polite to each other at the end of this now. Thank you, James. And thank you, Connor. Oh, no thanks, no worries. No worries, John. Have a great oh. week. Bye. Yeah, thanks. <laughs>
shit. 